Hi everyone and welcome back to Smart Women Connect with me Sarah Aspinall and Virginia Charnosky and today we are talking about well menopause, menopausal symptoms but also you know that monthly cycle and and how you best deal with that because as we're aging in our 40s and 50s and Virginia and I have just had a conversation before coming on live um, you know things start to change so you may have been blessed and had a regular monthly cycle um, for many years. You may be on the contraceptive pill and have always been absolutely fine on that and again having regular cycles. Uh, but you know, you know what's coming each month. You know, I mean some of us obviously don't, some of us are very irregular and have issues, but generally speaking, you kind of know what's going to happen. You can prepare yourself. You, you know, you start getting signs of when it's going to happen and and you know, it, it's manageable. When we hit our 40s and 50s and we're going through perimenopause and menopause, that starts to change. And I certainly, I'm turning 43 tomorrow, actually. Um, happy birthday You're to me. You're so old. Um, I know, ancient. And I noticed, I reckon I was probably about 39. And it wasn't a fear of I'm about to turn 40, what's happening to me. But it was genuinely around age 39, approaching 40, where I started noticing changes to my body. So I, I have been on the contraceptive pill for many, many, many years because of a medical condition, not um, necessarily for contraception. But um, so I don't, you know, I don't have a sort of natural cycle, but I have a regular cycle and I have the same feelings every month. I know when it's coming and la la la. And I started noticing two, three years ago that that was starting to change. My PMS symptoms were, were getting way worse, really, um, really prominent. And it was bothering me. You know, I, I couldn't cuddle my children. My breasts were so sore. Um, and I don't really have any breasts. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't cuddle them. And they'd come to cuddle me and I'd be like, ah, and they'd be like, what's wrong? And, and, you know, my mood swings and, you know, you feel out of control and my husband would just stay out of the room. <laughs> um, and it, you know, I would go back to the doctor and say, you know, something's not right here. Um, you know, things are changing and they didn't even at that point say, well, you know, maybe you're perimenopausal and it was just sort of, oh, oh, okay, well, shall we try on a different pill? And so that was the conversation. It was more, well, how do we fix that rather than why is it happening? And, and so, you know, and I'm still each month never quite sure what is going to happen. Um, but I, one thing I do notice that if my stress levels have been higher, I suffer way worse with the PMS again. And during the period, I, I have more pain. So in the run-up, in that, you know, that um, phase before the menstrual phase, I try really hard to calm things down a little bit because otherwise I know it has a direct impact. Um, but obviously, you know, you're at a different, slightly different stage than me, Virginia, and I know you're struggling a little bit this morning. Oh, I'm What's struggling your... so much this morning. I was kind of lucky. I didn't have... Okay, I had I had a heavy um, cycle, but I didn't really suffer too much. I definitely didn't suffer too much from mood swings either. I was very conscious of my moods going up and down, so I was I was very conscious that there was some kind of connection between 
how I was feeling and where I was in my monthly cycle. Um, and I, I was quite tuned in in that because I think my mum suffered from very bad um, PMT. I think she, she used to get very um, depressed. At the time, we thought it was depression, but in hindsight, hindsight is a marvellous thing. I realised that she used to say on a monthly basis that she had this great sense of foreboding. So I think she struggled quite mm -hmm. a lot with it. So maybe I was fairly in tune with that and fairly conscious of the fact that my moods were going to be up and down and that was kind of okay. And the pain was never like ridiculously bad. I could have little periods of time. Um, I'm go kind of going a little bit off, off at a tangent here at the moment. And I've got a daughter now who's, who has her period too. So I'm very conscious of her mood swings as well. I can really feel them. And I'm, I'm always in there saying, Ahem, excuse me, it's at that time of the month coming up. Can you sort yourself out here? You don't need to succumb to this. You can fight your way through it. You know, that very British stoic way of doing things. <laughs> but then you think to yourself, do you actually have to do that? Do you have to, to be stoic about it? Or should we not just be able to talk about it as it is? And I'm going to talk about where I'm at at the moment. So as we've spoken about on numerous occasions, I'm pretty sure I'm fast approaching um, menopause. I've definitely noticed a whole bundle of changes within myself. Nothing overly significant, but enough. There's definitely um, a decline in my energy levels. I definitely find that I'm... Um, sometimes quite exhausted and I have to push really hard to get through that um, and the monthly cycle's been different as well I've had a few night sweats no hot flashes or anything like that yet a couple of night sweats but then again I do tend to wrap myself up in a I think I've got a winter doobie over here in the Cayman Islands which my husband, I know it's just me I like to be nice and warm um, but I still mean that I'm not sweating every night. This is definitely a couple of night sweats that involve you getting up, stripping all the mm. clothes off, drying yourself down. It's really nasty. Um, but the change has been in my cycle. So it's def even although I had, it was never particularly regular before, I'm finding that it's going longer periods of time. Um, and yesterday, oh my Lord, the pain and it, it was so I'm just going to be blunt about it it was so heavy it was like over a 24 hour period a whole pack of nighttime towels mm. and that's just not normal but the pain my I, I feel I've had three natural births um and this was like one of the full-on contractions coming on to the extent that I'm sitting, I'm heavy breathing, I'm trying to yeah. my way you through. Could I could feel, feel it. I could action. feel it. Yeah. I said to my husband, Strong. I feel as if someone has their hands um, in my uterus at the moment mm -hmm. and they're, they're wringing it out. It is so painful. And he could see the look in my face. He could see mm -hmm. my face turning white. He could see the heaviness and the pain in mm -hmm. my eyes. And I'm saying to myself, this, this is just a period. This really can't be that bad. 
but it was bloody bad. I've got a, I've, I have a strong pain threshold. As I said, yeah. three children, all natural. This was so unbelievably um, painful. Like if, if I have a hot water bottle here, I'm holding it at the camera if we put this on YouTube. But I have a hot water bottle on my belly this morning. I'm not able to eat because I feel like thrown up from the pain and I've had to take a couple of ibuprofen. Now, the reason I'm saying this is not for anybody to feel sorry for me. Um, I, I can't be alone here. I cannot be alone here in this level no. of pain and discomfort. How are we supposed to get through normal days? How are we supposed to, in women in general terms, even whenever we've got like younger women with periods and period pains, are we just supposed to be stoic? Are we just supposed to sit in the corner with the, the door closed and pretend that it's not happening? I don't, I think it's a very individual thing, isn't it? I mean, we were talking previously about for those women who are listening, who are going through that phase, who are in the workplace and a predominantly male workplace, that's really hard because you don't want to be discussing your private personal goings on really with men um you I think partly because maybe some of us see that as a, a weakness you know that we can't cope um but I don't think there's enough discussion between women about it and it's you know, you've got two choices, really. You either push on through and be stoic and, you know, stiff up a lip and you take some painkillers and you crack on, um, which we all know is very, very hard and ends up with you feeling completely exhausted, uh, isolated, a little bit depressed. Um, you're just not, you know, not at your best. Or you can decide that you're going to um, be open about that. I mean, not walking around the office telling everyone with a, <laughs> with a red flag. Um, but you know, if, if you've, you know, you need to take some time out, you need to take some time out. And I think part of that, and, and we don't do this for other people. No one else cares. We're doing it for ourselves. And if we can recognize in ourselves what's happening, then we can deal with it a whole lot better so personally and you know it's easier for me to say this now because I am not in that corporate uh, office environment so mm -hmm. I feel it's a little bit easier for me to be able to do this but if I know that I am due on my period the following week so I'm, I'm going into that phase beforehand where you're um you know, your hormone levels are changing dramatically and you're feeling very tired. I know that's not the right time for me to push through my workout, for example. It's yeah. not the right time for me to go for a run, do a hit class, do this, do that. That's the time to do something more restorative for myself because that's going to help my current situation. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you're not giving into it and accepting the inevitable you're actually supporting your body through a natural process um but yeah it, it's it's hard particularly as you go into that phase and it's unpredictable which it often is 
Well, this was, I, I could never have seen this coming. I didn't even know that it was that, that, it was that time because um, this has been a slightly longer pe um, period between um, my cycle as well. So I had no idea. I was just going about my normal, my normal jobs yesterday and, and I felt the pain building up so rapidly. Mm. You, you made an interesting point though about talking about it but how do we how how do we talk about it and and how do we alert people? And and I'm thinking back I'm thinking back to a couple of times um, whenever I was younger. Um, I always remember maybe a, a really stupid thing to wear. But whenever you're younger, you're not quite sure how the cycle is. I didn't start my period until I was about fifteen. So I was at university as a as a seventeen year old, and I was heading in on the train one day for an exam, and I was wearing white jeans. You know what's coming? I was wearing white jeans, and fortunately, I had a an argyle um, sweater on. So I had a sweater and a vest top on underneath. The train broke down, and I was heading in for this exam. The train broke down. Now the exam was a three hour exam. And I was about an hour and 15 minutes late for this exam. I was also saturated in blood. So really what should have happened is I should have been able to go to the examiners and say, this is what happened. This is a catastrophe. I can't sit through this exam. I'm so incredibly uncomfortable here. Mm. But I didn't, did I? I went to the bathroom, got a ton of toilet roll, as you do, packed mm. it in, took off my sweater, pulled my sweater down and top yeah. of my jeans so that it looked like a skirt, and um, then just sat with my vest top and my jacket on and top of my vest, vest, and then I sat the exam. You know, it, and I shouldn't have had to have done any of that. But no. what, what would have happened if I'd said it was a, it, it, the... I remember the the man um, at the at the door. He was he was actually the lecturer for the subject. I remember him being there. I remember saying my train was late, and he said, "Too bad, you can choose to not sit the exam and do the reset." And I said, "Well, will the reset be considered a first exam?" And he said, "No, because you haven't put anything in beforehand." But would it have made any difference if I'd also said, I actually need another 10 to 15 minutes here because I'm going to be sitting through this exam under a massive amount of stress because I'm also soaked mm. through with blood. Mm. And yeah. there are so many of these kind of situations where I think women have probably disadvantaged themselves by not just standing up and saying, look, here's the reality of it. This is what I'm doing. And if you do anything about it, I'm going to fight you. But we don't, do we? I mean, how many times, Sarah, did you sit through a, like a, a hearing whenever you were a lawyer mm. in a little bit of pain or knowing that it, you weren't firing on all cylinders because it was that time of the month and hormonally you were a little bit low? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, totally. But then, you know, every woman has been through that. Every, you know... <laughs> It's not as though in, in that situation you can decide to just take time off work every month. It just wouldn't be acceptable. And it's, it is manageable. At least my situation was manageable. I took Nurofen and I got on with it. 
Um, it didn't affect my work in any way. It wasn't a happy time, obviously, every month because, yeah, if you've got court hearing and that's your situation, it's 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 not the best timing ever, is it? But you know, you you've you've got to you know it's coming. That's the thing, and you can deal with it. But through menopause, when things are happening unexpectedly and you're going through those changes. And if you're having, um, you know, very, very painful, heavy periods all of a sudden, and then Mm -hmm. you'll go eight, nine weeks of nothing, you don't know what's coming next. And the next month might be absolutely fine. One day you might be sat in a hearing um, in court and have a huge hot flush. And it's, it's those times that I wonder how, you know, how women are, are coping with that. Because if you now put yourself back into that environment at your age now going through what you're now going through, what would you have done this morning? If you'd woken up in that amount of pain, would you have cracked on and gone into the office and pretended like everything was okay? Of course. Yeah, I would have done. I, I would have done. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I would have done. I would just have pretended everything was okay. And I'd have gotten on with it. But there's one thing for me that's that's different going through this phase to going through the earlier phase. And it's the confidence now. It's the confidence. Because I think you how you look and feel within yourself as you get to that menopausal stage, as you begin to hit 50, it's different. And... and there's a lot of mental games going on here, a lot of checking in with, with yourself. So where I'm going with this is, let's imagine that we're, so to answer your question, would I just have gone and gotten on with it? Well, of course I would have gotten on with it. That's exactly what I'm going to do with my day. I'm not mm. going to, even although you said to me earlier on, go, and go back to bed, I laughed and said, and that's what you would do. Um, I've never really done that kind of thing. I'm not going to do it. I've got stuff to do. I mean, just after I spoke to you and I told you I was in a massive amount of pain, I heard my naughty dogs outside dragging the fence apart, trying to get outside because um, there's a little bit of thunder. So I'm having to go out and race down the road to get them back into the garden again. Mm. So you just have to get on with things. I think it's more a case of giving yourself a little break. Um, but what I was talking about with the difference is definitely the confidence levels. It's looking at where you're at and I think accepting the fact that you're at a different stage in your life. So you're not that 20, 25-year-old girl again. You, you're at a new stage in your life or even let's just put it down to that 13 to 15, maybe even younger than that girl who's just going into your menstrual cycle. You're coming out the other end you're going into a different place. There's no, probably no mum out there to prepare you for this. As a youngster, a teenager, you've got a mum that you can go to, to speak to about this, to say, well, this is your period and this is what's going to happen and to buy you your towels and whatever else Mm. you need. You're going into this and you're alone. You're alone. I have no friends that I speak to about And I think that's I think that's a big problem. Honestly, I do. I don't think. I mean, menopause is becoming. um, You know, it's talked about more. So many celebrities now talking about it and standing up and saying, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed of menopause and let's talk about it. And but 
whether that's happening in reality, I, I certainly do, I do talk about it and, um, you know, I, I teach lots of women face to face in local classes and, I guess, uh, cause I'm just quite vocal and mm-hmm. talk about what's going on in my life, which then has prompted a few of them to come to me after class and say, this is happening with my body. And what do you suggest? You know, asking for advice, but actually sometimes they don't necessarily need an answer. It's just a fact of sharing common ground with someone and saying, and then this is happening. And then I've noticed this. And if someone else can say, oh yeah, I've got the exact same thing. You just feel better. It's, you know, it, you don't necessarily need a mum at that point to be telling you, but you absolutely do need other women to just share that with so that you don't feel isolated. You don't feel like it's this awful thing that's just happening to you. Absolutely. We've all gone on different journeys with our menstrual cycles and perimenopause and menopause. Some of us will get certain symptoms, some won't. You know, my journey has been very different to yours. Um, there are decisions that we have to make all the time about that to, to put us in the best position to live our best life so that it doesn't disrupt our mm-hmm. lives in, you know, in the way that we've talked about. You, know, you need, need to crack on, take the neurofen. <clears throat> but that becomes harder when it becomes unpredictable. Yeah. And Lots of people will find different ways of coping with that, but it's important that we keep talking about it. It's important that it doesn't become this taboo subject that we, I don't know, feel uncomfortable, embarrassed. You know, maybe some people don't want to talk about it because they're openly saying, I've got to this point, I'm no longer fertile, because that, it has a huge impact on people's mental health, the menopause. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the can confidence call, levels. A lot confidence of it is levels, that is confidence And levels. that's why you, you were saying, well, your confidence levels are different when you're older. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree that, I, you know, going into an exam at this age, I'm more likely to say this isn't happening right now. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I would openly have that conversation, whereas at 17, I wouldn't have done. Um, so but that's with, you, Sarah. That's you. Would, yeah. the, would the average woman do that? Would the average woman Well, who- that, that's what I'm saying. I wonder, you know, but is it, <clears throat> it, it's, it, is it confidence or is it just, you know, not wanting to admit that I've got to this age and this is happening? Because, you know, when people know you're going through the menopause, they know what that means. And you, therefore you're, you know, openly admitting I, I've aged, I've, I've got to this particular age and people struggle with that. And I know, you know, the idea of no longer being fertile, do you feel as feminine? I mean, I don't know because I, I haven't gone through menopause yet. I don't know how I'll feel about that. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But it's, you know, there's a lot going on just to cope with that yourself before announcing that to the world. But the thing is, we're all going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're all, you know, we've had a different journey to get there and we might be having different symptoms, but no doubt we all feel inside very similar yeah. physically, emotionally. I think it's safer for everyone around me to know exactly what's going on. I've decided. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I do. I've, I've already gone out there and said I'm pretty damn sure. That, that it's the changes that are happening and in a, in a mm. certain period of time. I even discuss it. I've got the most amazing husband. 
he's not listening. Um, and <laughs> he knows, and I say to him, I tell him all the time, and I talk to him about it, and I tell my kids, I say, I tell them as well that there's going to be the, the big changes. And um, mm. I think I'm just very in tune with myself, though. So if, mm. if I get those confidence feelings, and, and for me, it's never very much, but sometimes I'll be, I'll be going to put a video up and I'll think to myself, why would anybody want to look at my old face? And then I think, oh, stop feeling sorry for yourself, women. Stop <laughs> feeling sorry for yourself and, and go but on. But also, be, just get on I think, I, I agree, you know, in that situation, if I ever have thoughts like that, I do think, like last night I did a live, I was, I was telling you on my Facebook page, all about, you know, the truth about weight loss in your 40s and beyond, all related to this. And you know, you have these thoughts, well, you know, who's going to listen to me, blah, blah, blah. And I think actually it's not about me. It's about other, you know, it's about the message that I, you know, the thing I'm talking about, some people just don't know about it. So it's important that I do it. And I think we need to con keep continuing talking about it, about the symptoms, about how we cope with them, the best way of dealing, you know, with it, being resilient. All of it. Tranquility. There you go. Okay. Yeah. A hot water bottle. Yeah. And sharing, talking, so that you don't feel abnormal, isolated, on your own, um, and feeling sorry for yourself. Because yeah. if you know other people are going through it, you'll think about them too and think, oh, that's, you know, it's not just me, it's them as well. And I feel bad for them because it sucks. I'm but, um, excited about the next stage. No, and, and I know that maybe sounds a little bit crazy. Um, and I think I may have said this on one of our other podcasts hmm. I'm actually excited about the next phase I'm excited about not having periods any longer um, I'm, I'm just excited about seeing what my body's capable of hmm. um, how long can I go without developing aches and pains and illnesses how 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 will I age what will I look like without doing one of these face app things that you've got on your phone what will I look like when I'm older? I, I'm kind of excited for the next stage. Um, how long will I go for? Yeah. My kids keep doing that face app thing on me. Oh, do it's they? really bad. Although I seem to develop amazing cheekbones when they do. So when, as I age, I think my cheekbones get better. Uh, you, um, you'll defi <laughs> you definitely notice. Uh, you, because of sagging. It is, it's one of the changes. You definitely notice that your cheek cheekbones do become much more. But there's a whole load of things. My hair's a slightly different texture now to what it was before. Mm. We were talking earlier on about um, the muscles as well. Even although I, I don't have bingo wings. But I've definitely got soft skin. And my daughter, my youngest daughter, she likes to pull at the skin, which makes me conscious of it as well, because I'll be thinking, what are you doing, Quinn? <laughs> why, why are you pulling at my skin? There's yeah. definitely changes. And because they love you, because they like touching you, because they're, you know, you're familiar and you're their mom. And I'm that's soft. Lovely. They tell me I'm soft. <laughs> oh, no. I wouldn't mind that if my kids think I'm soft. I don't care. I don't care. No, they, think my, they think my skin's soft. That's nice. It's better than them touching you saying you feel like a snake. <laughs> Talking uh, of which, I've yeah, got to go and grab kids. mine too. Yep, yeah, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, as usual, guys, um, are you heading towards pe um, menopause? Are you in perimenopausal? What are you feeling? 
share it with us. I'm sure you'll hear plenty more from both of us talking about this, um, especially as we are right bang smack in the middle of it. So I suspect that at some point in time in the not too distant future, I'll be flying the flags because I won't have a period any longer <laughs> and I will be the happiest woman in the world. And I won't be sad because I've got my kids and I love my kids and I think I really don't want any more. I'm all done. I'm definitely all done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll end it there and we'll see yep. you on the next Smart Women Connect. See you guys. Bye. Bye.